Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good. As you can see, we're set up for a water baptism tonight at our worship and prayer night. We have 17 people scheduled to get baptized tonight. It's going to be a party in the house tonight. <laughs> now, I have a big announcement. Does everybody like big announcements? Nicole is not pregnant, so... <laughs> Can you imagine... I mean, you know, <laughs> she's not pregnant. Uh, before, before I get to the announcement, I just want to let you know that our renovations have started. Do you remember um, our, during legacy time, we received our legacy offering to renovate the space here in our tenant area. So I know some of the, the wall studs actually went up this last week in our new space and we'll be getting some drywall in there and, and so, might actually be next week, you'll see a new door cut out. Uh, in the back of the auditorium, but things are progressing over there, so that's exciting for us uh, to finish off what we talked about at Legacy. But our big announcement, are you ready? Are you prepared on this Sunday morning, early Sunday morning? Starting January 7th, 2024, we're going to move to three service times. So, which is great and it's exciting, and those are our new service times starting January 7th. Of, can you believe it's 2024? Does anyone remember Y2K? <laughs> 24 years ago, friends. Um, yeah, these people in the front are like, what, Y2K? I was born in 2005, Pastor Brent. <laughs> Some of you were, right? See? And they can actually talk and walk around. It's amazing. Um, we are moving to these three services, um, especially in our second service. We are overflowing in our second service. I'm not sure if you've, if you've been to the second service. Even this service last week was quite full. Um, the rule of thumb for churches is when you hit that 80% mark, um, people filling your chairs, you kind of need to think, be actively thinking about and planning for a second service. Because what happens is new people will come to the church and they just feel like this church is full. There's no spot. Um, here for me. We don't want people to think that, do we? And again, we're not just doing this um, for any other reason other than the fact that, you know, in Luke 15, uh, we actually announced this to our team yesterday. We had a team breakfast um, where we announced these moving to these three service times. And, and I mentioned this story. In Luke 15, Jesus talks about three different stories. He talks about um, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son. And the, the heart of God in Luke 15, we see that God would leave the 99 to look for the one. That God is still interested in people moving into a relationship with himself. And it's important for churches, and I, I would say it's important for our church to not become just inward focused. That everything here at the city church is just for me. City kids are for me and my family. City youth is for me and my family. And groups is for me and my family. That there is actually other people who don't have a relationship with God. And we want to be the type of church where we can invite people in and say, hey, we want to invite you into this as well. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. He needs to be your Lord and Savior. And the reason we're adding this third service is to make more seats available for you to invite your family and friends and coworkers, people who are far from God. So like you, they can be in the family of God. So we have a distinct purpose um, that God is seeking, at, God is leaving the 99 to, to search after the one. And this needs to be our heart here at the city church. And so I know that everybody's Sunday morning gets disrupted with this, Right. Everybody has to change service times, and we did this on purpose. 
for all the nine, you know, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? Well, you're going to be here at 8.30. You're going to be here at 10.15. And again, we have all of these practices. We have a whole Sunday morning system about when our alarm goes off and when we get ready and kids race. We're just going to have to adjust that. But having people who don't have a relationship with God to move into a relationship with God is worth us disrupting our schedule. Wouldn't you agree? And this needs to be our heart because this is the heart of God. So again, this is going to be starting uh, January 7th, 2024. And we're, uh, you know, if you're a part of our city family, as Isabel mentioned, it's a great time for you to join the team. Uh, we'll have a lot of opportunities for serving uh, so that people can be moved closer to Jesus. All right. Let's continue our series. This is the second last message in our series, Full of Faith. All fall, uh, we have been talking about faith, trying to understand what faith is so that we can walk in it. Faith is celebrated in the scripture, Old and New Testament. And, and we don't want to be nominal in our faith. We don't want to be Christians in name only. The scripture says that we should walk by faith and live by faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And we are saved by grace through faith. So all of these things are um, really important in our relationship with God. So we have been spending all of this time for a purpose so that we can have God's power actively happening, showing up in our lives, and we can have God's word and ways governing our thoughts and our actions and our decisions. So the word faith simply means firm persuasion, a conviction based on what you have heard. And then ultimately it means trust, that I'm putting my trust in God. Faith is a relational word. Now, everybody has a system of faith. Now, they haven't necessarily put their faith in God. They just, how they are living their lives, there's some measure of ideas that they are walking around. And well, I, and people that don't attend church, people who don't have a relationship with God are also living by faith. They're just living in a set of ideas that they might not have considered the source or the purpose of those things, or where they came from, or it's just available in culture, and you know, this is what the world is saying, how we should live. We don't necessarily trace those thoughts back to anywhere, but we need to be intentional about living by faith in God, because how many you know that the world has many uh, terrible ways for us to live, and so it would be foolish for us to put our faith in those ways, and to find our lives in the middle of destruction because we put our faith in the wrong thing, but when we put our faith in God, we will never be disappointed when we walk in the ways of God, this is the ways of truth. This is the ways of life. Hebrews, sorry, Acts chapter six, verse eight says this, or jumping off scripture for this series, talking about Stephen, says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So Stephen, full of faith. See the power of God manifest in his life and ministry. And then he was able to speak with the wisdom of God so that people couldn't oppose the things that he was saying, the way he was talking with the mind of Christ. And we can have both of these things active in our lives, the wisdom of God and the power of God. So that's why we've been spending all fall talking about faith. So week one, we talked about a faithful God. Then we talked about faith that transforms. We talked about the spirit of faith. We talked about faith obeys. We talked about examining our faith. Faith loves. Faith is generous. Faith walks with God. Faith produces hope. And if you missed any of those messages, 
They're available on our YouTube page and then also through our podcast. And so today, and our second last message, we are talking about the idea that faith perseveres or faith is faithful. Now, this has come up many times in the stories that we have been reading and discussing and, and seeing this idea about endurance and persevering and being faithful. And it's such an important time. And so I'm kind of joining these two thoughts, perseverance and faithfulness. And it's such an important thing. As it relates to having faith in God, something will be produced in us. And it is this idea of perseverance. Now, um, you know, one of the things when we think about uh, having perseverance in life, that there's always opportunities to quit, isn't there? When, when things come up and things that we don't like and things get hard, it's just easy to quit. It's kind of, it's way easier than seeing something through, just stopping when, when something gets hard. But the reality is if you don't ever do anything hard, you won't accomplish anything. You know, we would, we would train our children because both Nicole and I were trained like this, that, hey, kids, we just want to let you know if you start something, if you start some sort of lessons, if you're, if you're going to sign up for this dance class, if you're going to sign up for these, these lessons, if you're going to sign up for this art thing, it was never sports, sad. <laughs> Grandsons, come on. Um, <laughs> we just want to let you know if you start, you're going to finish. Now, the only... The only thing we ever let, let one of our daughters quit was baton lessons. Now, partially, there was two things. There was the class was not organized properly. And then also, it was baton. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we're still doing it. But anyway, so that was the only thing we let them quit. But if they started, we're like, hey, this starts in September. It ends in May. You will be... In this class in May, there's going to be some hard spots. It's going to be some difficult times. You're going to have to miss some of your friends' birthday parties because you're committed to this thing. You are going to persevere. You're going to be faithful. And this is one of the characteristics of faith. Week one in this series, we talked about God is faithful. And when we put our faith in him, we become more and more like him. That when things get hard, we're going to give up those opportunities to quit. The people of faith are faithful. Let me just read you here at the end of the chapter that we have been in and out of all series. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, talking about all of these men and women of faith and what they did and what they accomplished. Let's just finish out this chapter today. Verse 32, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me. So, and this is how I think about this series. I mean, we really could continue this series, but the writer of Hebrews is like, man, we could just keep talking about faith forever. There's just so many instances of faith. Time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, all of the prophets who lived by faith, who through faith, listen to what they did, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some, now listen, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were, listen, friends, they were sawn in two, 
They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world is not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these through commended through their faith did not receive what was promised since God provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now listen, about all of those people that we just read about, of all of the different things that they didn't accomplish and some were martyred, they were all committed to the ways of God, persevered through difficult times, faithful. They were found faithful and written about in the scriptures. Don't we want this to be true of us? I mean, we really do in our heart of hearts because we love faithful people. We love people that we can depend on, people that show up when they say they're gonna be there, people that are available, people that are present. We love people like that. We want to be people like that. And this is what we see of these people, that they were commended by their faith, that they were committed to the ways of God. They were faithful, they persevered, they endured. Because what's the reality of a life of faith? That God is always committed to us. And the longer we walk with him, we should become like him. He's always committed. He's never quitting. God is never quitting on you, no matter how far you run, no matter where you go. God is committed to your family and your friends, no matter where they go, no matter what they find themselves involved with, God is committed to them. God is not giving up on anybody. Jesus persevered on the cross. Aren't you glad? Otherwise, life would be hopeless for us. God is committed. Jesus persevered. Shouldn't that be true of the people of faith? That as we walk with them, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we become more and more like Jesus, We're not less committed, we're not less faithful, we're more faithful, we're more dependable, we're more available for the ways of God. Persevere, the word means to overcome. It means to be constant. It means to endure in a course of action or belief. Persevere means to show oneself to be courageous. That means we're gonna have opportunities to be afraid and and sometimes opportunities of fear cause us to want to quit because it's just easier to quit than to go through the difficulty. But when you're persevering, we're gonna choose to be courageous. No appetite for quitting. Faithfulness. Listen, those who show loyalty. Isn't God loyal to us? Faithful to us? This is how he wants us to be as people of faith. Reliability and devotion in their relationships with God and others. Rely, you can rely on me. You can depend on me. We love people like that, right? And we can be a person like that. I would dare to say we should be a person like that. That other people can depend on and rely on in the middle of the difficulties, we're gonna show up, gonna be available, not gonna quit. It's the same as the character and nature of God. That in the middle of our difficulties, we know that God is always there. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He is always there. 
It should be the outgrowth of our faith-centered relationship with God. Proverbs 28, verse 20 says this. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So we've talked about the blessings of God in this series, that God is not against you being blessed, but he wants to bless you to make you a blessing. But we're not in a rush to do that, but what are we gonna do? Instead, we're gonna be a faithful person. We're not gonna be uh, looking for shortcuts. We're gonna take the faithfulness route. And there is no shortcut to faithfulness. You know, my parents, as, as we celebrated and we talked about my parents celebrated their 61st anniversary this past September. And we, don't we celebrate that? It's like, that's amazing. But you know what? You know how you get there? You have to live with another imperfect human being for 60, 61 years. These people born in 2005, it's like their mind is blown. <laughs> 61 years. That you're not gonna quit on each other. You're going to be there, you're going to be faithful, you're going to be reliable, you're going to be devoted. Why? Because this is how God is with us. Now, if we're going to be choosing faith in some other way, in some other way of the world, hey, if it's not working, you don't like it, and you've fallen out of love with each other and all the tropes of the world, what do you do? Well, we just quit on each other. Irreconcilable differences. One of my pastor friends, you know, one of our... Our, our Bible school friends, um, they got divorced and so we were all having a text chat about it. And, and he said, my wife and I have irreconcilable differences, but we're not allowed to get divorced. All married couples have irreconcilable differences. All of them. You're a man, she's a woman. That's an irreconcilable difference. <laughs> can't reconcile it. You can't fix it. I try. I really tried to fix Nicole. I was like, if you just see the world like me, it would fix all of your problems. And she would say, if you would just, if you would just listen to me, I'm like, I'm listening to you. No, you're not here. I'm hearing you. Reconcilable differences. There's no shortcut to being married for 61 years, except being married, devoted, reliable, faithful to each other, honoring each other, loving each other, caring about each other, sacrificing each other. These are all biblical ways to be married. There's no shortcut to faithfulness, but a faithful man will abound with blessings, godly blessings. Galatians 5, says it, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The context of this chapter was talking about the ways of the flesh. That if we were to operate in the ways of the flesh and just give in to our flesh all of the time and its desires, and in, in the end of that is destruction. It's at the end of the end of sin is destruction. But here with these things, with this list of nine, you are not going to hit a limit. Against such, there is no law. No one is going to complain about you having too much joy. 
right? No one's gonna complain about you being too loving or too patient or too kind. You're too good. You're just too good to me. Stop it. No, there's no law against it. And there's no law against faithfulness. You're not gonna hit the limit on it. We're like, okay, I'm done with it. No, you start again tomorrow being a reliable, faithful, devoted person. Husband, friend, wife, God is a faithful God. We are in a relationship with him. He, he's calling us to faithfulness. James 5 verse 10 says this. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, what do we know about the prophets? They would speak the word of the Lord and what would happen? Would everybody be excited about it? No, some of them were killed. But they were speaking the word of the Lord. They were faithful, devoted to God. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. It's easy to quit. It's easy just to give up when it's hard. But they remained steadfast. And they were blessed because they were steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you will not fall under condemnation. This is a good way to live. If you say yes to something, make it be a yes. And it's okay to say no to stuff. Any people pleasers in the room? You just want to say yes to everybody, don't you? You want to make everybody happy except you, by saying yes to everything. Here's, here's, you just need to practice. Someone asks you to do something that you can't do, here's what you need to say. No. <laughs> it's okay to say no. That's your yes, because it's clear, it's honest, it's faithful. You need to be faithful to your yeses and then faithful to your noes. I'm saying no to the ways of the world. How about you? Amen? We want to say no to the, the things that the enemy would have for us. Let that be a no. And then the yes that we're committed to, the things and the people and the choices that we're making, let that yes be a yes. And this is why we trained our daughters like this. Because life gets hard. Does anybody agree with me today? And this is the thing, I've told you this story before and I usually tell it around vision time, but um, you know, my, my dad pastored, my parents pastored this church for 20 years before that. And before I went to Bible school, I went into my dad's office and I, I told him that I was going to Bible school and he was writing something on his desk. He's writing, I said, dad, I, th- I think I'm supposed to go to Bible school. And he just kept writing. He's like, okay. He just kept writing. And I'm like, all right. And I left his office and that was the extent of the conversation. And he didn't say anything about that choice that I had made for nine months before I went away to school. And when I went, drove away to school, he wrote me a letter saying that he was proud of me for making that choice. But he knew the choice had to be my own. It wasn't like saying, Brian, you need to go to Bible school. I can see your future. He knew that ministry is hard. And he didn't want the yes to be his yes. It needed to be my yes. He needed for me to know on my own, this is something that God was calling me to do. Amen. Because life gets hard. 
but we're not going to quit, right? We're not quitters, right? Come on, get with me today. We're not, because you're like, mm, I don't know, Pastor Brandon. I've got some baton lessons. And put that in the category. <laughs> now, what I'm, does this mean you can't ever quit a job or something like that? It's not, not the point of the discussion. It's like quitting on life existentially. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I give up. You can't let that, that attitude, that heart take you over. If you're, if you're at a job and it's just, it's impossible for you to stay, find another job before you quit that job. Be wise. Right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about quitting on life, quitting on people. See, God always is wanting us to be constant. And see, one of the things that he wants us to be constant and that will help us, and this is a relational thing with God, that God wants us to be constant in prayer. And this is one of the markers for us. And, and the reason is because when we, when we get into something that we don't know what to do or, or we don't like, it's easy just to quit again. But what God wants us to do in that moment where we don't know and it's really hard, he wants us to pray. He wants us to connect with him. He wants us to ask him into the middle of this situation. Why? Because we trust him. And he's faithful and he's reliable. So he always wants us to pray. Luke 18, verse one says this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they, all, that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So here's the story that Jesus is gonna tell us. And what's the purpose of the story? It's explicit. Uh, you should always pray and not lose heart, not give up. We should always pray. What is lose heart? Like, it's just like, ah, oh, all my courage is gone. But what should we always do? We should always pray. Here's the story. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge. Now, again, this is a story. It's a story to tell us something. This is not, this didn't really happen. This is a story to tell us a lesson. So are you with me today? Why was the judge, it's a story because you're not, you're not going to read it. It's like there's a judge in a city. What city was it? It's no city. Jesus was telling us a story. In a certain city. Well, what city was it, Pastor Brent? It's a story. There was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that city. What was her name? It doesn't matter. Helping you read the Bible. People get distracted unnecessary things in the reading the Bible. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming and saying to him, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not give his justice to the elect who cried to him day and night. Will he delay long? I tell you, he will give them justice. He give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 
what does the faith look like in this story? I'm just going to keep coming. I'm just going to keep asking. Well, my, my child hasn't come home to Christ yet. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to keep praying. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep asking. Well, this thing hasn't happened yet. Well, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we're going to go to God and we're going to pray. We're not going to lose heart. We're going to invite God in. We're going to trust him. We're not going to quit. We're going to keep on. We're going to persist. We're going to persevere. We're going to be faithful. Ephesians 6, 18 says this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we're praying for people who are far from God. And then we're praying for what? Our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're praying for all the saints. If you see or you know somebody going through a difficult time or you hear about it, what, what should we do? We should pray at all times. It's not like you, and, and, and two, you need to practice the small, short prayer. You hear something about a situation. It's, it, it does them no good. It's like, oh, I really feel bad for them. Now, you could use the same amount of time to say, God, I pray that you help them, that you give them your grace in this moment. It's almost the same amount of time. Oh, I feel bad. Great. It's better to pray, right? Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? What does it look like? Persistent, constant prayers. People who pray. Faithful in prayers, and we need to stay faithful in good actions. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Because it's easy to do, isn't it? We could do good things. I would say this is never more so true in like the first couple years of your child's life. It's just, you could, like, I'm feeding you, I'm taking care of you, I'm changing all of your disgusting diapers. And that's a good thing to do, but it could make you be weary. But let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. See, this is what happens to a lot of people. Life is hard and it's difficult and they're faithful for a while and they haven't got over the hump or they haven't got to the situation or they haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise and then they just give up too early. Because there, there's a season, there's a season on the other side of your faithfulness that you're gonna reap a blessing. So let's not give up too soon. And that means we never give up. We just don't quit. We just keep going, keep doing good things. We, too, we keep doing good things in our home and in our marriages. We keep doing good things for our parents and for our children. We just keep doing good things. Why? Because in due season, we're gonna reap. If, everybody say if, we don't give up. Let's not give up. Because you've already realized some blessings. You've already walked in some of the things that are the fruit of the good actions that you've taken, right? You've seen some of those things. 
thank God for those things. And there's other things that haven't happened yet. So let's keep on. Let's not quit. Let's walk in the due season. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Be constant in doing good things. Don't let it weary you. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. As I was, I was reading, preparing, I was thinking again about my dad, you know, about 30 years ago. This church was just in a, in a lot of difficulty, a lot, some things that he hadn't created, and there was a lot of debt situations and stuff like that. And there was a realtor that came into our old building and looked at my dad and said, Reverend, you're never going to keep this building. And my dad looked back at him and he said, and you're never going to get it. What was he? He was steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, aren't you thankful that he did that? Because here we are 30 years later in a church building that's paid for because somebody was steadfast, immovable. See, and this is the thing a lot of times that we don't see. We don't, we don't take into account the significance of the moment of not quitting. Because decades later, somebody will reap the benefits of your faithfulness. We're sitting here reaping the benefits of somebody else's faithfulness. Generations gone by in the church, not just my dad, but other church leaders, faithful men and women of God, that we can be in a nation and freely worship God. It's an amazing thing. We're reaping the benefits of their faithfulness. What about us? Are we going to be devoted? Are we going to be reliable? Are we just going to give in to culture and secularism and all the rest? Or are we going to be steadfast and movable? Finally, this. Hebrews 10, verse 35 says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming of the one will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But this is what we say of ourselves today. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their soul. Do you declare that with me today? We should. We are not of those who are just going to fall by the wayside. We're not going to be that generation that, oh, the people that came after us weren't able to have a church, weren't able to hear the ways of God because it was just too hard in 2023. And we just gave up on the things of God. We are not of those who shrink back. We are those that add another church service because more people need to hear about Jesus. When the voices of culture come against us, we're like, yeah, no, we're just gonna reach more people for Jesus. 
You can accuse us of all measure of things, but we're just going to keep doing good. We're going to keep loving people. We're going to keep proclaiming the gospel. We're going to keep proclaiming the truth of God and his word and his ways. We're not going to shrink back. Amen. Let's pray today. Father God, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to us and you persevere for us and you never give up on us. And Jesus went to the cross in the midst of difficulty. He did it for us. So Lord, we are committed. We are faithful. We will be those who persevere, those that you can rely on, those that you can depend on. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters today who might be enduring some difficulty, who are sensing that thing in their heart, well, oh man, just be easier to give up. We just pray, Lord, that you strengthen their hearts in this moment, that your strength will carry them through, that you are walking with them, that you are bringing your word and your ways and your promises to their heart and minds, even in this moment that they don't have to give up in the middle of the valley because you are with them. You never leave us, Lord, or forsake us, that you are always with us. So we thank you for that today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Do you receive that this morning? Amen. Hey, if you are here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the story, the gospel, as we've talked about today. You know that God is committed to you? Even moments when you might have rejected him, God is still committed to you. God is still faithful to his promise. Jesus loved you so much that he went to the cross and he died for you so that you could have a relationship with God. That's how committed he is to you. And so for you to have a relationship with God today, all you have to do is say yes. Say yes to Jesus, making him your Lord and Savior. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, we can have a relationship with God. We don't come to God in our own goodness and say, God, look how good I am, how amazing I am. Can I have a relationship with God with you? No, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the only way for us to have a relationship with God is receiving the gift of salvation. It just comes by grace. That's what grace is, just a gift. Realizing we don't qualify in our own sinful self that we just say yes to God and his righteousness. So if that's you today, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me, just a starting place in your relationship with God. Or maybe you're here this morning and you used to have a relationship with God and you feel distant from him today. You know, God has not managed you today. God is inviting you close to himself again. You pray along with us as well. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this prayer out loud today. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. And I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made the decision for the first time this morning. Amazing. We are so happy that you took that step of faith. We're going to encourage you just to fill out the uh, Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Fill that out um, and check off the box that says, I have just decided to follow Jesus and turn that into our team in the info desk there. They're going to celebrate with you. They're going to give you a big smile. And they're also going to have a resource, uh, some resources to give you on your new journey of faith. Hey, before we go, I just want to remind you of a couple of announcements that Ruth and Isabel made earlier in the service. Uh, if you are interested in joining the city team, you can head on over to the info desk as well, you know, and just maybe you can figure out, hey, where's the best place for me to serve in this house? Uh, and they'd be more than happy to get you connected to that. Amazing city, are you excited that you came to church? Are you happy you came to church on this weekend? Beautiful, why don't we all stand to our feet? Hey, it was an exciting morning. We got to worship together. We heard the word. We announced three services. Come on, somebody. And hey, there is baptism tonight. So like Ruth said, go get your Sunday nap in and then come back for 6 p.m. as we celebrate what God is doing here at our church. Amazing city. If you came to church hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, our leaders, they're making their way down to the front of the stage right now. Feel free to come up to any one of them in a couple of moments. They'll be happy to pray with you. Amazing City Church. Thank you for being with us this weekend. We love you so much. We'll see you next weekend at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Have a great week.